0: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Giddish Breakdown is brought to you by my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important. That's who you're betting with. That's why I always tell always tell people to bet with my bookie and sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code Gators and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Bet with my bookie. Gators breakdown, the Gators fan podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC, and I'll be flying solo uh, for this uh, recap of uh, Florida, Kentucky. And um, was it pretty? Was well, not pretty. Uh, but before we get into it, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news 4 slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes, as well as the articles from the news for Jack sports team. That's newsforjacks.com 4 slash Gators Breakdown. Also, listen on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube if you want the video version or joining us live. Uh, When using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. Let Gator Nation know what they're getting with Gators Breakdown. Hey, look, and on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So, of course, Florida's 31-game winning streak against Kentucky is over. Uh, The Wildcats finally beat Florida 27-16. And look, guys, it, uh, it had to happen sometime, uh, but it still doesn't make the loss uh, any less disappointing. All the hope of progress on the offensive side of the ball after the Charleston Southern game is wiped away just a week later, uh, but no one could have seen the performance that we saw from the defense um you know there was a clear path for kentucky to win this game and that was to come here be able to run the ball on offense and they came into the swamp and dominated the trenches on both sides of the ball and just ran the ball down florida's throat uh florida couldn't get into a groove on offense you know couldn't consistently get playmakers the ball uh no clear hierarchy of wide receivers or running backs uh franks was inconsistent after a pretty good first half it just wasn't clean whatsoever versus kentucky um so, look, uh, you know, first and foremost, before I kind of get into the game, th- this team and program is uh, further behind. And I think we wanted to believe uh, now we have harped on uh, on this podcast plenty of times how recruiting has dropped off under Jim McElwain. Uh, and, and it did his at his tenure uh, for Florida before Dan Mullen took over. And that, that's definitely showing. Uh, but also just how the program was under Jim McElwain. Uh, the culture is much different now, and it looks like it's going to take some time for it to come around. Uh, also, uh, I'm a firm believer in, in first-year head coaches having some up and downs, no matter the situation. Uh, look, Mullen was hired because there was a problem. It was not going right. Uh, if everything was good, there'd be no coaching change to begin with. So, you know, that type of performance um, that we saw against Kentucky is still an even further indictment on Jim McElwain, more so than it ever be about Dan Mullen. Uh, that's not to say it couldn't have been better versus Kentucky and, and what the coaching staff uh, did, uh, but it's still more. I still uh, of the program that was left behind and everything that must be fixed before Florida takes that next step uh, into being one of the you know the, the nation's best teams here. And look, I'll have Cole Kubrick from the SEC Network on later this week. He's been around the program uh, for the last two weeks with with, uh, with the SEC Network. Uh, I know he said some things last week on SEC Network Radio. Of how just some of the simple things the guys didn't know from the previous regime. So Mullen had to kind of start even further behind and then even he thought he would have to, of course we know about the story with Nick Savage uh, was going to stay at Mississippi state until he solved all the work that needed to be done at Florida and came early. Uh, so, you know, we'll have Cole cubic on later this week. He's been around the team, uh, saw this boat whooping that Kentucky put on Florida up close and, you know, he'll be able to share his thoughts uh, on, on the state of the program. Uh, you know, the transition from McElwain to Mullen and two games in to the Mullen era. Uh, so that would be good. That would be uh, the midweek episode. So that would be Wednesday night. That we'll have Cole Cuba on tomorrow night. It would be Will Miles and I discussing this game even further. Uh, you can check Will's article out on readingreaction.com. He does a good, pretty good breakdown so far uh, of the Florida-Kentucky game. So I'll go back to kind of the keys that I wanted to see going into this Kentucky game and figure out, of course, if they happened, if they didn't happen, uh, and maybe you know some some things why. I'll get into some tweets as well that you guys sent uh for your reaction of, of florida and kentucky here so you know what i wanted to see was frank's looking comfortable within the offense again in and in a templar in a tempo similar to what we saw accuracy like we saw last week well you know that same tempo wasn't there from week one uh frank's played well in, in, in the first half seven to twelve for 105 yards uh had to escape some pressure and did well enough with his legs to pick up some yardage but at all uh, unraveled in the second half. Hey, look, like I said, started seven to twelve for 105 yards in the first half, but then followed that up, going four of 13 in the third quarter for 42 yards, and then six of 13 for 85 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter to finish 17 of 38 for a career high 232 yards and two touchdowns. Hey, look, Florida is not going to win many games if Felipe Franks is throwing the ball 38 times. That is not a Dan Mullen offense necessarily. Look, we know he caters to the, the talent, is uh, supposed to be catering to the talent, but sorry. Uh, you know, Franks is not the type of quarterback you're going to go out there and win when he's throwing the ball 38 times. That's not a formula for a Florida win. That's asking Franks just to do too much, put too much on his shoulders. It's, it's not going to happen. There are too many times where, you know, where Florida didn't play the numbers, uh in in the box, could have ran the ball against five or six defenders in the box at times, but passes were made instead. Um, uh, you know, for the most part, I thought Franks did okay given how many times he was asked to throw the ball and the offensive line issues and the lack of a of running the ball uh in the game plan. But you know, there were still too many uh telegraph throws. There was of course the interception a couple more drop passes that should have been interceptions, uh, that Franks just really has to see. Uh so, you know, I it's um it, it, it's weird to 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 kind of see the lack of running running the ball in the game plan and and letting Franks throw that many times it it's just not a good scenario uh and not what we kind of let me look maybe we looked at this team the wrong way maybe we we we're, we we put too much on the run game maybe we it, you know with the offensive line issues uh there's not a lot of confidence in, in it but there's still um You know, you may have seen me tweet this stat out earlier, you know, but but through the first two games and yes, the sample size is small. I get it. But it still shouldn't be the case where Franks is the leading rusher on the team with 78 net yards. Felipe Franks through two games is the leading rusher on the team. And look, guys, I mean, Damian Pierce, the second was 75. He didn't even get a touch versus Kentucky. And look, Franks, is it Tebow or or Prescott? And I know he's taken he's taken down some throws and run with it. And that and that goes toward the rushing yardage, but in no way, shape or form. Chifilipe Franks be the leading rusher on the team right now. You know, get, get the balls to the running back, specifically P. Ryan Pierce Davis, more so than Jordan Scarlett. I, I I haven't seen it from Jordan Scarlett so far this year through two games. um, you know, Through these two games, average yards per carry is right now. LaMichael P. Ryan with 10.3 yards a carry. 10.3 yards a carry. He's averaging a first down every time he touches the ball. Uh, Damian Pierce, like I said, no carry versus Kentucky, so you guys still have to go back to last week. Average 8.3 versus Charleston Southern. Malik Davis got some more carries. He's been averaging 5.3 yards in these two games. Jordan Scarlett, 3.8. They're playing with the same offensive line, guys. Uh, so it's, you know, Jordan Scarlett, I think if he had a better offensive line, he he would be a better running back. He I think he's the type of running back that needs more help from the offensive line. But it looks like Piran, Pierce, Davis have kind of shown enough wiggle uh, you know, and an ability to to use their acceleration, not you know, not too long after getting the handoff and being able to help this offensive line a little bit. So they're all playing with the same offensive line, and there's a clear pecking order as far as what it looks like on the field uh, right now for me. So I mean, these running backs need more carries, and for someone to try and get into a groove, there's too much rotation going on. And I didn't think we'd see that. I thought Mullen would pick a guy and go with it, but you know, I think what the first three drives were first. The three different running backs in the first three drives is like they kind of just have a formula going in that, you know, want to keep these guys fresh. But I think they need to get into a groove more. They need to be fresh in the fourth quarter. So I like to see one or two guys early and often and then go with the hot hand. But it all starts up front. And my second uh, key going into this game was the offensive line asserting themselves and uh, that didn't happen <laughs> as we know. And I'm sure that has played into the play calling a little bit, as I said earlier, uh, you know, them relying on the pass more than the run, but the numbers are there in the run game. with uh, match up. So maybe, maybe, maybe there's not, maybe, maybe we're just overlooking Maybe there is just no confidence in this offensive line from the staff to actually push or open some running lanes. But, you know, but here we go again. Um, with with this offensive line, and it's like, and it's likely not going to get much better. You don't all of a sudden flip a switch, uh, become tougher, and play with a different mentality. Uh, I know we're all hoping uh, the coaching staff and the strength and conditioning would light a fire in these guys, but it's the same issues we've seen for a few seasons now. I mean, We saw the signs and the lack of run blocking last week versus Charleston Southern. And it's in its, it's, its head again. I mean, I, I hate to bring up the Georgia program here in this, but, you know, looking for a silver lining here, they even admitted that it took a full year for their new strength and conditioning to really see the results. And you, know, you go back to Kirby's first year, it was a struggle. Uh, last year, it looked like a completely different team, especially along their offensive line. They were having the same issues year after year after year along that offensive line. For year one and Kirby Smart, still having the same issues. But it took year two that full year under strength and conditioning for it to all come around. So maybe that's kind of what we're looking at, uh, um, you know, uh, right here. So, um, you know, it it may may take a while to see some results. So so maybe we're just taking all this newness uh, that was going on and it was, you know, blinding us to to, to the same issues that this offensive line has had uh, time after time after time. So Mullen said after the loss um, quote, we have to be more physical up front on the offensive line. I think our physicality is going to be something this team and we've talked about it constantly. They have to continue to work on. So, uh, you know, this this is one of those things that isn't necessarily on this new staff. Uh, this lacks nonchalant attitude that's plagued this team. Uh, and specifically, the offensive line is only only going to get better once the new blood is inserted. Hey, look, Spurrier even said it in the telecast, and <laughs> we've harped on it a good bit. It's going to take uh, top five recruiting classes to turn this thing around. And that really starts on the offensive line you know, for this program. And it has been addressed this cycle and must continue to be addressed until uh, it's just going to take time because I, I don't think uh, the, the mentality is there right now. So new blood uh, make, it's going to have to be inserted at some point. But look, we still got this year to play. That's further down the road. you know. So what can be done? Uh, to, to to help the offensive line this year is something uh, the coaches are going to have to figure out. You know, maybe maybe Hagee can continue to get more playing time and they can shuffle the pieces a little bit. Uh, but it's the same starting five we've seen throughout fall camp and, and something needs to happen uh, to try and help them out and, and whatever they can do to help themselves out. But for the most part, the scary thing is <laughs> these guys are pretty much what they are. And it's what we've seen uh, for a few seasons now on the offensive line. So, uh, the ugly one, the really ugly one. Uh, the last key I have for this game, if you listened to the episode this past week, was to hold the Kentucky run game to, uh, to around or less 150 yards rushing. Well, uh, I was way off on that one. Uh, whatnot, and, and another you know example of uh, of lack of physicality in the trenches, as as Kentucky's front completely owned the Florida defensive front for the tune of 303 yards rushing on 41 carries. 303 yards. That's pretty much double what I thought would be necessary uh, for the Gators to hold them under and, and come out uh, on, on top of this game. Uh, Benny Snell led the way with 27 carries for 178 yards uh, as quarter as quarterback Terry Wilson also added 107 yards on 10 carries. Uh, Kentucky ran for 7.4 yards of rush. Um, so issues that were coming out uh, around fall camp was that this defense was having trouble setting the edge. Uh, and that was definitely showing up, you know, time and time again, the Kentucky run game found ways to, to get outside. Uh, even if the defense found a way to get into the backfield, uh, the Gators missed tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle. Uh, and, you know, those two issues led to Kentucky owning, owning the ground, owning the ground game, not setting the edge, not being able to tackle. The Gators only finished, they finished the game with only three tackles for loss and no sacks no sacks and some of that wasn't the game plan you know that they were going to try to sit back and and not let wilson you know run all over him and, and contain him But they lost contain way too many times I mean, if you're going to play that style you have to be successful at it if you're not successful at it then that's when you're going to get ate up and that's exactly uh what happened you know with this uh with this florida team uh against kentucky it uh it, it was not good it, it was not pretty um Hey look the 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 tailgating was fun. Uh atmosphere was fun. I think the fans were are uh, pretty pretty ready but uh oh man it's uh that, that was ugly on, on both sides of the ball. Uh and like I said it, it it's, it's a culture thing. First and foremost, I think it's going to be uh it's going to take some time. And this program's a little bit further behind than we all thought and uh we'll get some more thoughts as I said. Co Kubick will join me uh later this week and like I said he's been around the program. He's uh he's seen it And uh, we'll get his thoughts there. And Will Miles and me me tomorrow will get uh, uh, thoughts there as well. So, uh, hey, look, NFL started. So, um, you know, ever since I started this podcast, uh, people have been asking me for advice. And usually it's what team to bet on this week. And the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. NFL season starting, everybody's ready to get uh, those betting dollars in there. So remember. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews, and an easy-to-use mobile site. So lay down some cash and win big today. Hey, look, guys, I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I urge you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. My Bookie has in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join MyBookie now and they will match your deposit $4. $4. Use promo code GATERS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie.ag. And don't forget to use the promo code GATERS when creating your account to claim the bonus. MyBookie. You play. You win. You Get paid and also if if you want some Gators breakdown gear head to squadlocker.com search Gators breakdown Uh, Gators uh, breakdown Nike merchandise uh, other uh, companies out there too, to to Get Gators breakdown merchandise hats shirts polos t-shirts all that good stuff. Uh, You can support Gators breakdown that way and uh, In supporting uh, uh, or getting some merchandise out there uh, with the Gators breakdown logo on it. So, another thing I wanted to uh, bring up here was, uh, wow, the uh, missed quote, you know, quote missed field goal uh, by Evan McPherson. Hey, that was a terrible missed call by the refs. Uh, of course, not the reason the Gators lost the game. Don't get me wrong, uh, but still changed the strategy uh, late in game. First off, the field goal looked good to the eye in the stadium and on the replays. Uh, if counted, the score would have been 21-13. And then if it plays out the same way, you know, the Gator score a touchdown, had to go for two. Franks never saw a, a wide-open Malik, Malik Davis. So at that point, the score would have been 21-19. So when Florida got the ball back late, hey, only a field goal would have been needed. Uh, but it's all under the water or all under, all under the bridge uh, as it really doesn't matter. But that's an inexcusable miss call by the refs. Uh, that, that cannot happen uh, <laughs> with uh, – um, Missing missing points, missing clear points that would have, uh, that should have been scored, uh, there as far as the Gators kicking a field goal. Um, but that was, I mean, of course, the, the stadium knew it, everybody knew it, uh, especially when it was shown. That was, um, that was kind of, uh, I, I don't know how to describe that. It's just when points are taken, I mean, you know, not literally off the board, but in a way, uh, that's inexcusable, inexcusable um more bad news uh, as far as the game goes last night marco wilson tear, tears his acl uh after having no injuries guys in, in game one one of florida's best players goes down uh, on the first drive on the first defensive drive of the game uh so marco wilson went down with an injury and ends up being a uh, torn acl second time he's torn an acl uh as he had the same injury his junior year in high school so go trade dean uh takes over to the spot now uh, opposite of CJ Henderson. And hey, look, Marcus Wilson and CJ Henderson was the best tandem, uh, one of the best tandems there. Uh, I was going to have to see. It's going to drop off a little bit. I, I do like Dean, by the way. Um, I think he'll fill it admirably, but he, you can't replace Marcus Wilson there. Uh, so you know, it'll be a little bit of a drop off, but we know that first and foremost, his defense has got to worry about tackling more, and they got to do, worry about defending the passes uh, and, and all that stuff. Except for the, the, the safeties, uh, they gave up some big plays. Uh, we'll talk more about that with Will Miles tomorrow uh, as he broke 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 down these plays a good bit and uh, can can kind of tell us what happened there. Uh, but to the trading Dean, of course, takes over opposite C.J. Henderson, and, and after that, it's Brian Edwards as Christopher Christopher McWilliams is out with an injury. Uh so young defense now uh is young and inexperienced. Uh back especially back there in that secondary. So um it's gonna um there's gonna be a time, of course, when when teams are gonna, you know, start testing that. You know, Missouri uh later on in the season is kind of the, the team you're gonna pick out there. Uh but Georgia's offense, LSU's offense, you know, can can be multifaceted. Uh, but it's gonna be that Missouri team that's gonna be past first and foremost and you know we'll see how you know, florida will kind of be experienced at that point cannot afford any going injuries uh going back there in that secondary uh there other news uh darius lemons announced he is going to transfer uh and hey, look kind of weird um he tweeted that out pretty fast after the game <laughs> so uh i would you know and we heard rumblings all throughout the summer uh that it may be a possibility that that, that happens and uh, hey, look, I mean, Florida got him in uh, to school there, and he, he's done well since there in, in, in the classroom and kind of being, um, you know, kind of uh, a guy who's really taken to the the, the school part of life there. So, uh, look, he just wants some more playing time more than life. And what, and what we were describing earlier, what, how deep Florida is. You know, he was returning kicks, but that's about the extent of it. He didn't get a carry either against Kentucky. So uh, he announced on Twitter, I would like to announce that I am transferring from the University of Florida. I'm going to miss. Some of the boys I've been playing with for the past two years. I've been here. I feel I've learned a lot from the previous coaches that were here. I want to find a school I can help to my best to my best ability and actually use my talent that God has blessed me with. Thank you. Farewell. So, of course, uh, nothing official from the university or anything, uh, but I just uh, said so we'll see. You know, maybe um, change of mind or something once he talks to the coaches or whatever. But um, Darius Lemons uh, looks to be. Uh, transferring from the University of Florida. Uh, if you want to go by what he is, um, uh, go, go saying there uh, from from his mouth. So, of course, guys, I did ask you uh, to send me your tweets and your thoughts of uh, of the game. Of course, you know, Gators Breakdown prides itself on being a, a fan podcast. So definitely want to get your thoughts out there of of of, of what you thought. Uh, and of course, you know, Bill and I, uh, Bill Sykes, right, of uh, here on Gators Breakdown. Uh, as well, we went to the game together. I know we had a couple periscopes—one uh, before the game, one after the game. Uh, we got—you could get a lot of our thoughts there. We got a lot of your thoughts there on that periscope. Uh, I'm going to put it right here, podcast form for your fans out there. If I will get to all of them, uh, I got—I'll get to a pretty good bit. But I'll start with Dylan Cogdill. Uh, he goes, "We had zero relentless effort from both lines. Tackling and over pursuing are still big problems that carry over from last year." Uh, best example being the Terry Wilson keeper for a touchdown. Overall, just really disappointed. Um, look, there's uh, probably the, the one word, and I, and I used it in the intro. <sighs> disappointed, yeah. Uh, you know, especially after last week. And you know, a lot of fans were starting to believe. Uh, I was starting to believe there as well And uh, just seeing, yes, it, we keep going back. Yes, we know it was Charleston Southern, but we had seen some things that we just haven't seen. It didn't matter who the opponent was. Uh, and then Florida just came out and fell flat on their face against their first SEC opponent, both, you know, lines of scrimmage uh, really getting on there. But just really disappointed uh in the uh in the performance there. And hey, look, you know, Ohio I have to turn right around, get ready for a Colorado State team that upset Arkansas, um, and, and their first year head coach there too. So, I mean Colorado State's going to come in after looking pretty terrible their first two games. going to have a little bit of confidence after beating one SEC team with a new head coach, seeing if they can make it two weeks in a row uh, where they can do that. Uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher Yans, uh, Mr. Chris um says, I think we uh, may need to lower expectations not just for this season but another two to three years. This is a full rebuild. Mullen has to process out Matt guys and get players who fit his system and buy into the program's vision. You know, yeah, kind of what I spoke on earlier. As far as expectations go, you know, that is something a lot of people asked last night. Uh, you know, what now do we see for this team moving forward? Look, guys, there's only two games on the schedule right now. Um, I'd still say Colorado State next week's. You know, should be a, a win. Idaho should be a win. Those are the only two should wins on the schedule right now. Uh, every other game, 50-50 at best um if you if you want to go just the way last night looked look we don't we didn't want to overreact from week one, try not to overreact from this as well, but when you've seen the same issues that you've seen for years that's where you know the expectations kind of get lowered uh again so you know we'll see where it goes you know is as far as a six win team are they a seven win team are they still an eight nine win team i mean if they're still eight nine win teams and we can't see any performance like we did last night again um you know, so uh, to some people now, this is looking like a six, seven win team, and and they're seeing the, the rebuild that takes place. And look, we we've, we've spoken on the on the talent plenty of times. That they have they have talent in in certain areas, but uh, not as an overall team. Uh, the linebacker core is still lacking. It's a young and inexperienced secondary. Um, the offensive line just still can't come around. Uh, quarterback plays inconsistent. So those things are going to hold back. What talent Florida does have is going to be held back. And that was one of my worries. Yes, we we talk up this wide receiver core, and we've talked up this wide receiver core, no matter who the coach was the last few years, and they're still held back somewhat by the quarterback position. So uh, we'll see. Yes, there's talent, but it's got to come together, and that's the problem uh, right now is it all can't just sit there and, and come together. So uh Jeff Funk uh sent you know sat there uh, fifteen rows up from the sideline, and it was clear as day. Franks is not our guy. The physical attributes are there. However, one interception was directly to the DB. should have been two others uh, as another hit the dB square in the hands. short passes were fast balls, accuracy no. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, so what I'm saying. you know Franks wasn't the same like he started off good, the first half there, I think started getting jitters in the in the second half once the offensive line. Uh, just kept giving up time after time again. And Franks either haven't escaped the pocket, run, uh, or get hit. So uh, I think uh, the, in order for Franks to be a serviceable, good quarterback, the offensive line is going to have to help him. There's no other way uh, around it. You can't, He can't shoulder it. So, man, look, and, that, and that's with most quarterbacks. But I really think for Felipe Franks, this pocket's going to have to stay clean. Now, Gator uh, Bodine, Bodine. Uh, here, uh, don't blame the refs. Uh, yes, our D line was held almost every play. Yes, the field goal was a bad call. But if you leave it up to the refs, it's your own fault. Blow them out like you should, and it's not an issue. Number two, it's going to be a long year. Number three, criticism needs to be uh, constructive, and for the most part, I, I think I have seen you know most 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 fans out there are level headed uh, in this. Some realizing the uh, gap in talent. Some realizing. Um, what the last staff put this, uh, this team under, uh, and where they're starting from, uh, in, in, in Mullen taking over. So, uh, I, I do think, you know, a lot of the criticism now is being pretty constructive and a lot of realization, uh, is happening, um, mm-hmm. as well. Robert, uh, Guagliardo, uh, both lines got abused. Tackling was terrible. Mullen did not keep the pace offensively. Still saw a better play from France compared to last year but old frank showed some too uh got to keep offensive balance yeah you know uh, good points there robert um the pace was another thing it was a slower pace than what we saw last week uh they were running the ball more they, they were running the ball earlier in the game uh but not throughout the game as much as i wanted to uh so that did slow down the pace a little early uh but uh and then there were a couple of times and hey look <laughs> i know a lot of those magical cramps from Kentucky when Florida wanted to speed it up, but Hey guys, we weren't, uh, we were, we were laughing when Virginia Tech was doing it to FSU. So I think we got to kind of, um, you know, if if it happens to us too, we just gotta, we can't laugh. We can't laugh about it because of our rivals, but then I'll get so mad when teams do it to us. So, uh, it's just as part of the game now, honestly, it really is. Uh, it's sad to see, I don't like it, but it is what it is. Um, uh, there. And like Robert said, yeah, you got good Franks. You got bad Franks. Um, we just need more consistent quarterback play uh, going there. Uh, Kevin H. 1983. Uh, Flip Taylor and Ivy get Heggy in at left guard and McCoy at center. Jordan the right guard for Johnson. P. Ryan and Davis are more suited for this offense. So they need to pass Scarlett. Missing your three best defenders is tough. I me, mean, CC and Reese back Jackson over Miller in Houston is confusing. Uh, yeah. You want to get into a lot of a uh, player talk there. Like I said, we'll get into that. with will miles tomorrow too. You know, this, these Sunday shows are just kind of going to be a more overall reaction type. You know, you'll get, you'll get two shows from me in two days. So we'll uh, definitely get more into uh, specifics there. But to speaking on this, yeah, a lot of people are asking, can you start flipping guys uh, on, on the offensive line? Can you, can you, what, can you take ivy to left guard and it, one thing is he's gonna he's gonna have to want to or you know if you get the heggie in um uh yes yeah, Some people also bring it up with kevin said, you know, flip taylor and ivy so maybe ivy plays right tackle um taylor plays left tackle um you know i don't know how much they've trained cross you know cross train there uh in, in camp you know heggie coming back healthy is going to be a big part whenever that health, you know comes uh when he can get on the field more consistently up in that first team uh there but yeah you brought up the running backs and i i agree it, it's p ryan davis uh Pierce, If you know they want to play him him uh and give him some more carries as well but you know three backs is definitely kind of pushing it and especially the way they're they're rotating it right now it's just way too much uh for my opinion as i mentioned earlier uh brian ferris 27 29 defense cannot tackle period it's just as bad as it was last year franks once again doesn't hope him doesn't hit wide open receivers Offensive line is horrible. Young backfield just got younger with Wilson now After the season. Florida was out coached, period, last night. Yeah, I mean, that's not to – to not to, uh, I, I don't want to – like I said, I don't want to make it sound like I'm giving Mullen a pass for last night. Like I said, it's more of an indictment on McElwain than Mullen, but there was some bad coaching decisions, as, um, as, as we were saying. Not, not giving the ball to the running backs enough. The pace wasn't there. I'm sure there's some trust issues with this offensive line and, and, and getting plays in fast enough uh maybe trusting Felipe Franks as well, uh, but um you know there, a lot of things we we, we just will not know we kind of see from far away um uh, so you don't really know um yes it it looks bad there's some bad plays uh being caught, of course for sure, but uh for reasons why we may not know, let me get a drink here all right, all right, and uh Jonah Boor. Uh, my reaction is we need to run the ball, take it out of Frank's hands. Plus, I'm more upset about losing uh, Wilson in the grand scheme of things. That is way bigger. Yep, like I said, you know, take the ball out of hands of Franks because, like I said, you're not going to win throwing the ball 38, 39 times with Felipe Franks. So this is not a good uh, not a good formula for winning. Uh, John Welsh, uh, O-line is a mess, and maybe Ivy needs to move back to guard. Uh, defense needs to work on fundamental tacking, tackling. We miss tackles all over the place uh, tonight. Uh, Bull Gator. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's at mid uh, m readout readout. Uh, I don't know if we will even make a bowl game. I went from nine and three to six or seven wins in my head over one game. Yes, that's all it takes for me to see. Unlike like unlike those fans out west. <laughs> okay. Little shot at FSU there at the same time there. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, expectations have kind of changed a little bit. Uh, most eight to nine wins going into the season even after last week against Charleston Southern. And now six or seven is kind of creeping into a lot of fans' uh, minds out there. Uh, Jay Hester says, offensive line, defensive line are big concerns. Linebacker and cornerback depth are big concerns. Frank says who he thought he is. Uh, team has to play better around him for this to work. Agree there. Uh, multi-year project from Mullen That uh, definitely looks like to be the case. Preston Fuller, uh, I'm glad the talk of the streak is over. It was bound to happen at some point. However, we looked terrible in the trenches on both sides. Did we get hoodwinked um, with the strength and conditioning hype again? Like I said, I, the strength and conditioning is going to take time. Uh, you know, I expect a little better results just because of uh, of not getting so much last year. But that, you know, give it a full year. Um, yes, the guys look different. But uh, there's a mentality there, too, that uh, that comes along with that. And uh, I'm not sure we're going to get that this year. Uh, there. So a couple more here. Uh, be great at Roe Dixon. We are terrible. We are soft as Charmin in the trenches. Still don't know how uh, to get playmakers the ball. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, T- Darius Tony should have had the ball a whole lot more, who really seemed to be the only guy who could consistently make something happen besides Pierre Ryan, who didn't get a lot of carries, or or Davis, who should have got more carries as well. Uh, he says, even Spurrier said in last night's game, we need top five recruiting classes, which aren't coming in anytime soon. So, um, yeah, uh, part of it, too. Um, no, uh, Spurrier's comment may Will and Bill very happy there. So, <laughs> Uh, we'll get Will's thoughts uh, on that uh, on the next episode. Um, HWY Highway 20 Gator says, uh, not much to react to. Uh, we once again felt and will continue to feel the effects of Muschamp and McElwain's recruiting for years. Our program is in need of complete rebuild in every position group. Our defense is already depleted going into week three. Five win season. oi uh, Christopher Coots, uh, it's simple for me. Mullen inherited good talent, but offensive line is still a big issue. It will take them some time, but fully confident that he will get UF in the right direction. Zach Grader, Frank should not be throwing the ball 38 times whether we are winning or losing. Uh, agree, agree. Aaron Hodges, tackling, 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 ineffective offensive line play. Safety play was terrible. Bad performance all around. Uh, Mike Henry, uh, seemed like we once we got um, – once we got behind, we pressed. Definitely agree there. Uh, there was that one drive where we threw to the sideline with three plays in a row, forced the ball. Nobody was open. Uh, cornerbacks were draped all over re- uh, receivers, not draped as in pass interference, but uh, just right there. Not any room whatsoever. Frank's going to just, gonna, uh, just th- force and throwing the ball uh, in those spots anyway. Uh defensively, with the players, uh, offensively, play calling and offensive line play has to improve, especially um, the left side. So. Guys, thanks uh, for, for sending. Okay, two more, and I'll be done here. That's it. A um, uh, good question here from Dawson Sparks. And how, do we, how do you think we rebound after this? Uh, as a loyal Gator fan, I can't help but be timid on getting excited anymore. I do believe in the long-term development, but I do. But I mean, do we just honestly not have the athletes at this time? Overall, no, Florida doesn't have the athletes at this time. Now, Florida does have the athletes not to get road graded by Kentucky. Uh, so that's where the issue is. That's where the problem is. You know, if you go by recruiting rankings, which is what we do a lot here, um, they matter. Stars matter, but uh, there comes a point to uh, where you know development matters as well, and uh, it's not happening right now. So, a team like Kentucky comes in. Hey, a coach who's looking to industry, a coach who's been at his program, um, he's installed his system. I didn't believe in their quarterback play. Uh, they shut me up. I didn't believe that Benny Snell would run crazy. They shut me up there too. Um, so, but yeah, it, it, it's uh, th- there are athletes there. Uh, are the athletes good enough? Or are they experienced enough? It's a combination of, of things like that. And the thing is, you know, how do you think we rebound after this? Uh, that's the that, that's the magical question there. You know, I said last week after the the great showing versus Charleston Southern is you know this to be the first time in a while that the Gators have been talked about in a positive light, and we heard it all week, a whole week, and the Vegas spread come out, and and Florida's two touchdown favorites, and uh, Frank's was going to hear a lot about how well he played, and uh, the teams going figure you know hear about how well they played, and look, we saw what happened; it didn't really amount to anything. Dan Mullen said practice was great last week. Um, so, you know, not nothing there, you know, they didn't, I guess, I'm sure they know about the offensive line, defensive line issues, but, uh, still, he said a great week of practice going into the game. So, uh, but he says they got to practice harder to go at it harder this week. And, and of course, so, uh, how to Florida rebound after this, uh, I, I don't know, uh, you can't get the well with me attitude that they got last year. And a lot of that was the, the coin effect, uh, last year as well. Uh, but, you know, the whole um, – you, you can't go feeling sorry for yourself. And, you know, you, I think you go bounce back. You got a team you should you should handle pretty well in Colorado State. You need to do that. Um, and then, hey, look, you got to get ready for this road game. Uh, Florida on the road scares me to death right now, what, what we're seeing in the trenches. And I don't care if it's Tennessee, and I don't care if they got blown out by West Virginia uh, week one. Uh, Florida don't have that offense. And Florida's going to Rocky Top. And Jeremy Pruitt's going to be looking for – Probably emptying the kitchen sink to get a his first big signature win in his career. So, look I know we got two more weeks for that game, but you know, right now looking at it, two weeks away, and you know, these trenches for the Gators scare me going up there in Knoxville. Uh, we've seen what we've seen so far is everything's been at home, and uh, even in the trenches at home against Kentucky, it didn't look good. Getting didn't look good at all. Uh, so, as far as um. How, how Florida rebounds? I, I wish I could answer that, but I I have no idea. I have no idea whether uh, no whether at mentally after what happened last year and then the way the game against Kentucky went down. Uh, last one here, K. L. Brady, uh, man, this is so disappointing or perhaps sobering. I thought Florida may be good and this could be fun, but this is a gut punch. Team isn't very good. So you know, differing opinions there. Mostly, uh, most of the part of you know disappointed expectations getting lowered, but uh, hopefully, you know, guys, this will still be fun. Uh, I said, going into the season, there are going to be some ups and downs with the brand new head coach. It's going to happen. Um, there's probably a game you shouldn't lose. Hopefully this is it. And there's probably games you will win that you probably shouldn't win. And it happens a lot with first year head coaches. So hopefully you know, that big upset's still out there uh, and Florida can, uh, I don't want to necessarily say tread water the rest of the season, but you know, get there a respectable, fun level of playing. Uh, and, and then go from there. And uh, hey, look, when, and the way it looks right now, you got to good beat FSU at the end of the year. So there's still a lot to play for, especially with the season finale uh, there. Uh, because of uh, you know, FSU's not looking too good. FSU's not looking too good either. So uh, around the SEC, before we uh, sign off here on this episode of Gators Breakdown, Mississippi State went to Manhattan, Kansas, and beat Kansas State 31 to nothing. So his former team, gets a big win on the road. Uh, there, and I tell you what. A little, one team just surprising me a little bit. Two blowouts in a row. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I know it's not the toughest opponents in the world, but uh, Vanderbilt doesn't put up points like this a whole, a whole lot, a whole, a whole, a whole, whole lot, uh, and, and very often. Forty-one to ten over Nevada. Uh, there, uh, the game of the uh, SEC opponents. You know, as far as game of the week, SEC versus SEC. Uh, it's Georgia, South Carolina, and uh, the dogs are not slowing down whatsoever. Forty-one seventeen uh, of a game that a lot of people wanted to pick the upset, but uh, if Georgia gets picked off, I don't think it's going to be a game people are picking. It's going to be a game uh, where they just get kind of surprised uh, by it, and um, I, I don't even want to pick that right now because I don't see anybody beating Georgia right now uh, in the East. Uh, so maybe LSU or something like that, but not not the way I see it right now. Forty-one seventeen, Georgia over South Carolina, Alabama, 57, seven over Arkansas state. Ole Miss was a little scare for a little while, um, but they ended up winning beating Southern Illinois, 76 to 41, 76 points, ooh, man, crazy. Uh, Tennessee over East Tennessee state 59 to three as to get opponent in two weeks, of course, and look, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, year one there, play Clemson really, really, really tough or a chance to win that game late. Uh, there, uh, but Clemson wins 28-26, uh, escaping Kyle Field there, and, and Jimbo Fisher's uh, big game debut as, as Texas AM and uh, head coach. So, you know, good showing by those guys uh, there. LSU, 31-0 over Southeast Louisiana. Uh, Missouri, 40-13 over Wyoming. Uh, and then I mentioned Florida's opponent next week, Colorado State upset Arkansas 34-27. That game was at Colorado State. So Arkansas had to travel on the road to Colorado State, so uh, I don't know who put that together, but uh, that's what happened. But like, as I said, as Florida's next opponent, didn't look too good the first w- couple weeks of the season by getting blown out by, uh, believe it was Hawaii, week one. Colorado, Colorado, week two, and they rebound nicely and get an upset win over Arkansas, uh, and then of course sixty-three to nine Auburn over Alabama State, and then of course um, to wrap it up. Kentucky ends the streak at 31 games and beats Florida 27-16 in the Swamp. So, yep, Gators return home for the Swamp against Colorado State next week. And, uh, man, uh, that crowd's probably not going to be too pretty there. Uh, But hopefully, uh, you know, fans will go support uh, the team and and players there. But, as I said, we'll be back tomorrow here on Gators Breakdown Will Miles and I. Uh, breaking down the game even more. Some things will saw, you know, as we watched the game, charted some plays. Uh, what's happened at the safety position, the defensive back position. Uh, what's Felipe Frank's been looking at? What's he's looking for on a lot of these certain plays? Uh, the numbers advantage in the box. You know, we know Mullen likes to play numbers a lot. Uh, get get the number advantage. Didn't do it uh, versus Kentucky uh, for whatever reason with some of the play calls there. Sometimes they should have passed. When When they should have passed, they ran and vice versa the other way around. So, you know, we'll see uh, what Will will have to tell us. As I said, you can go readandreaction.com, check out Will's article there, and we'll get more uh, insight on that tomorrow uh, on the next episode of Gators Breakdown. So thanks for joining me here uh, talk about this uh, disappointing defeat for Kentucky beating Florida Gators. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, more, uh, hopefully better stuff's on the way. Uh, we can get some uh, better things to talk about hopefully uh, coming up later this season, starting with uh, Colorado State uh, this week. So I'm David Waters, your host of Getter's Breakdown. You can find me on Twitter at GetterDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Getter's Breakdown.